Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Gary gets here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is Rugby League, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. It's still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom for I'm happy with that. My goodness. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Regular host Tim Williams is on holiday again this week, so you're stuck with me. Max Bryden had a hell of a time leading the podcast last week and to support me on today's journey into round 20, the major buys are done and it's a major hello to the SC Spy. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Real good. Yeah, feeling uh, on the up. I think I was saying last couple of weeks, been a bit crook, but on the mend, which is good. Uh, managed a reasonable score this week as well, 9, uh, 970-odd. 13, couple of low scores in there, but pretty happy with it. Now set for the run home. Got a few trades up the sleeve. Maybe not a heap, but enough to hopefully get me by. Um, I've just been thrown a little bit, though. We've got teamless news coming soon, but Nathan Cleary in Jersey 24. He doesn't play till Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So we don't really know what's going to happen there. Huge watch. Lots um, of very yeah. interesting news coming out of teamless Tuesday, and we'll get into that. Uh, my team, the Dewey or Don't He, 7.04 this week with Captain Nico. Took a bit of a dive in overall, but if you've been uh, paying any attention the last couple of weeks, uh, that's not my game. So uh, didn't have a match-up in head-to-head and overall escaped without any injuries. Um, and hopefully, well, thankfully, a lot of Origin boys named to back up. Uh, so on today's show, we'll be going through the best final 17 players. Spy and I are going to have a debate on the guys that you should be targeting at every position and a little bit of a discussion around as, around as well, uh, how we'll be setting up our teams. We'll be talking through how to make the most out of our final trades and get into some hot topics where we're going to be ranking the priority trade-ins this week. And I'll tell you what, I thought we might have had the answers before, Spy, but after that TLT news, it has thrown it into yeah. a bit of disarray, hasn't it? <laughs> Let's get stuck into TLT. Lots of significant news. Game one, the Knights versus the West Tigers at McDonald, McDonald's Jones Stadium. Dan Gagai, he's back after one week uh, missing with a um, sore foot. Uh, and Bradman Best and Jacob Saifidi, they've been named to back up from Origin. That game just two days after State of Origin. So keep an eye on Teamless Tuesday if you've got any interest there. Bradman Best, 150 in his rolling average, so he'll be... Uh, have a pretty low break even. For the Tigers, big news. Abby Corusau is back after his broken draw. Uh, and a popular front row target, I think, this week could be Fanua Pole, starting at lock again. Just 354k and 55 points in 59 minutes on the weekend. Uh, Alex Twal back from suspension might eat into, eat into a couple of his minutes. But Jewel, good price. Spy, any interest in Fanua Pole? It actually is. Um, for blokes like myself and plenty of others, I reckon, we're going to be short of front row this week, probably relying on an AE. Then if any Origin guys don't back up, say Harry doesn't back up and you've got Sonny Luke sitting there, you might be, oh, I guess you could play Sonny Luke assuming he gets in the side there. But what I'm trying to tell you is, mate, could be a bit of a crisis week if things don't go our way. So someone like Polay could be handy to plug in for, let's say, a Sean Kepi in my instance. You can make 50K plug in a player for the weekend and go from there. The question is around trades. Do you want to use a trade to do that or do you just copy a 20, 25 hit 
ideally with your AE. So, look, for me, I probably wouldn't use a trade on that. I think they're going to be too valuable, but it's worth a thought. And Pole's the kind of fella that, and if he gets minutes, he's I love him. He's a gun. He's a goer. He loves to carry the ball. He makes his tackles. So you could do worse, but rolls the issue, mate. As we've seen, he's, if his minutes go down, you don't really want him in there, do you? Trust two Tigers fans to be frothing on uh, Fenua Pole <laughs> this, yeah. this late in the season. Uh, game two, the Bulldogs versus the Broncos at Belmore. The Bulldogs, Avarillo at fullback again. Jacob Carraz into the centres <laughs> and Blake Wilson after his hat-trick last week. He's holding his spot on the wing. He'll be on the right, though, with Josh Adokar named to back up after Origin. Blake Wilson, 268k and a, could be a popular downgrade target this week for people chasing someone in the centre wing. For the Broncos, Tristan Saylor in the fullback. Kurt Capewell back into the second row. Importantly, Brendan Piakura will hold his spot in the starting side. Pat Carrigan named in the reserves and no sign of pain. Haas as well after that injury, which is keeping him out of state and origin. Uh, the Broncos did say that he would be back in round 21, and that does seem to be the case. Game three, Manly versus the Cows of Brookvale. Dean Madison to make his debut off the bench. Brother of uh, Ryan. Uh, don't know how big his arms are or if he's a big or little brother, but uh, bad news for Sean Kepi owners, as you alluded to, Spy. Uh, a lot of people would have been pitting their hopes on him as a front row saviour this week, uh, but unfortunately he has been named in the reserves. Bit of a blow, Spy. Can I note, though, 18th man, you've got Jakey Trevojevic due to back out from origin, only just back from injury. There's got to be every chance Kepi comes in, potentially. Uh, and there might even be another manly part. I can't remember who it is, but... What I'm saying is it's not necessarily the case that he's not playing. Uh, but when's their game? Manly. Saturday. Yes, Saturday. So we'll know reasonably early, but that could be very handy if he comes onto the bench. I mean, he probably only knock you out 20 or 30, though. So is it a massive win? It's probably better than playing with no one. That's it. You'd almost take it this week. Game four, Roosters versus the Storm at the SCG. The Roosters have named Tedesco and Lindsay Collins to back up from origin. Sawali and Billy Smith both return from concussion. Billy Smith will be a huge number for coaches this week. Sawali will be on the right wing and Brandon Smith, a cheese, returns via the bench. I don't think there'll be much relevance in his role moving forward in Supercoach. Uh, for the Storm, big Nuss. 550k, three-round knowledge of 72, and once more in the second row. Uh, no sign of Eli Katoa as well, uh, and all of the Origin contingent for the Melbourne Storm have been named to back up. Big Nasa, another name I think I'd love to toss your way, Spy, with a front row crisis or shortage, let's say, facing coaches this week. Any interest in him, mate? If it was any other year, mate, I'd say no, because you've got Eli Katoa due back shortly. He may or may not reprise that role on the right edge. I think he probably will, but Nass is obviously doing a pretty good and damaging job there, so maybe he keeps a certain spot. What I say in previous years, obviously, I'm not going to touch him because he probably loses that role within a week. What I've found this year, though, is blokes like Nass then have held their role for eight weeks and absolutely killed it, and you look back and say, oh, we've, we've missed another one. So maybe it's just the crazy year where you just take punts on those sort of blokes and he sticks with a role and, and keeps killing it, but the logic in me says not to do it, so I'll be steering clear. But if, if he holds that spot or he holds key minutes on the edge, so dangerous. He'd be fun to own. That's it. Would be fun to own. Dangerous price. And I guess for anyone who is questioning bringing him in, uh, despite all these games now and second row, he's not going to get dual, uh, just given that the updates, um, they stopped after round 18. Yeah. So unlucky uh, for him. Moving on to game five over in New Zealand. Warriors versus Sharks at Mount Spartan. Warriors, Josh Curran's named to start in the second row with Mitch Barnett. 130 points on the weekend. Wow, he's moving to prop. Tohu, thankfully, again, named at lock. He is going to be huge again this week in my front row. I'll give you the hot tip. He's my only front rower, so (laughs) he's sure he's going to be huge. You and me both. And uh, SJ has been named, but all eyes will be on late mail to see if he plays with his (coughs) wife uh, expected to give birth this week. Jeez, I love the internet. The amount of screenshots that people were sending in group chats from his wife's Instagram was crazy, wasn't it, Spike? Oh, it's so good. It reminds me of the story of, like, in the English football and (laughs) they tracked a bloke's plane, whether he got on or not, and where the plane (laughs) went. Did he actually board and they decided he did and it was like, follow this plane to see if our boy's playing. I can't remember who it was, but it's a bit like Shawnee last week. Boarded over in New Zealand, came to came to Australia for the game, played bloody well too. He's unlucky not to carve up a bit more. But this week, the playing at Mount Smart, so that's got to help, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, as long as baby doesn't come on the day, there's probably every likelihood he'll want to play or is in a key position, so... Hopefully for SJ owners and holders, um, his wife doesn't go into labour the morning of the game. 
Because that could hurt. Fingers crossed. And we're just about to get to the biggest news of TLT, a guy who you'd probably want to flip him to. Uh, if SJ was a late out over at the Dolphins versus Panthers, I'll just add as well, no major changes at the Sharks as well, but Dolphins versus Panthers at KO Stadium. The Dolphins' hammer named at left centre again, meaning Cody Nicarima at fullback once more. Now, certainly not the week that you'd want to be looking to bring in uh, a guy like that up against the Penrith Panthers, where the I can't really see him going to score over 40, but, geez, fullback playing at hooker. Really good pod for those who jumped on earlier. Worst news for JMK this week. He hasn't been named. Harrison Graham will start again at hooker. He's a bottom-dollar rookie, playing his third game, 62 in 55 minutes last week with a line break. Good little Could be a little downgrade option uh, for anyone looking to make funds, uh, given that his job security is firming by the week with JMK being rested with that shoulder. And over at the Panthers, Nathan Cleary, named in Jersey 24. Spite, this is a guy I was so confident in that I brought him in last week. Now I'm sitting here thinking the 405 game on a Sunday, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have gone so early. Pressure's on, isn't it? How, um, how are you feeling about Nathan Cleary right now? My thoughts, if he's named in the 24, he's probably playing, to be honest, mate. Uh, barring any setbacks at training during the week. Obviously, Hammies can be notoriously fickle. So, look, if he gets through his training and he's no setbacks, I think I'd expect him to play. The issue is, as I said, if you're an SJ owner, you, you don't know. Come 2 o'clock Sunday, hopefully 24 hours out, they'll update the side and we'll get news of whether Nath is playing. But if we're unsure, for example, for myself at 2 o'clock Sunday and SJ is playing and I don't know if Cleary is, oh... What do you do? I mean, you'd nearly just have to ride SJ as a hold that in that case. Case clear is a laid out. But any whiff of him playing against the Dolphins, Pandra's starting to fire up, I think. He'll be coming in for me. We just obviously don't know if he's goal-kicking either. So coming back, maybe they ease him in on that front. I can't remember what leg or glute it was, right or left. Could matter. But, yeah, I want him, mate. That's the thing. So, yeah. I'd say be in my side, barring... But, I mean, it's a punt, isn't it? It's a huge punt. And I guess the other thing is, not only is he a fantastic option um, up against the Dolphins at KO Stadium, but he's, he's a genuine captaincy option as well this week, given the late game. But we'll get to that and a little just, bit later. Just a quick note, mate. Two things. One, a hamstring re-injury rate around 10 15%. So that's much higher than other injuries. Saying that, 10, 15% isn't that bad. It means like one in one in eight, one in ten blokes do it. You just if you're bringing him in, you've just got to hope that doesn't happen. My only concern around that is captaincy. We know it happened last time we all captained him. He was flying early, did his hammy, and we all ended up with about 18 points or something. So just throws a question mark for me in terms of captaincy around Nathan if you're gonna bring him in. Um but gee, I think Penrith are gonna be very good. And my second point around that is just have a look. If you do bring Nathan in, just double-check if he's going to be your seventh par on the bench there. Do you have someone else to go to if he is then ruled out or are you stuck with like a double AE zero situation? That might make the decision for you if you're unsure and you hold off a week on Nath. But a mm, bit to monitor there, isn't there? So much to monitor. Uh, I think that if you've got additional players <laughs> this week, given that the buyers we're facing to Souths, Dragons, uh, and Canberra as well, mm. mate. You're doing a lot better than I am uh, this week. Uh, the rest of the Panthers' origin contingent have been named. On to the final game for TLT, the Eels versus the Titans at Combank Stadium, 6 o'clock on Sunday night. The Eels have named their entire origin <coughs> contingent to back up. Sean Lane moves back into the starting role, 65 last week with a try. Uh, he's pretty cheap in the second row. If he can get back to any of that form he showed last year, then he's certainly one to watch. Ryan Madison back to the bench after playing at 5'8 last week, named in Jersey 17. Now the Titans, again, all of the Origin reps named to return, and the coaches at the moment, they're flocking to David Feeder and Tino, uh, bringing them into their sides. And Khalees Haas will start uh, in the second row with Joe Stimson out for a week with a head knock. That is all the news and drama Coming out of TLT, plenty to monitor. And I guess, Spy, you'd just say keep an eye on late mail this week because we even know even just coming out of the State of Origin, State of Origin game on Wednesday night, there is going to be a lot of movement. Stay as flexible as you can, troops, and just just go with it. Do your best. But as we say often, don't panic because if you're in crisis, there's a lot of other people probably in crisis as well. Absolutely. Now on to our major topic of the week, the consensus best 17 from our experts. So this is where we're going to look and name the power rankings of our play, uh, the players that we recommend bringing into your Supercoach team at this point in the season. So this isn't 
<coughs> an overall ranking of how they're going. This is how the, the type of guys we think you should be targeting for your team in the run home. Before we get to the players as well, we're not just going to name the best couple at every single position. We're also going to talk through the strategy and the type of team that we're going to be building at the moment. So, Spy, would you like to start with your best 17, mate? Yeah, so we we'll go through them and we will obviously going to have a lot of like because there's some genuine standouts. So, let's go through them. We can agree or disagree with each other in terms of format. Just another one before we do it, and I'm just on the fly today. I sort of come from work, <laughs> my head's racing around. Sonny Luke would probably, let's call it possibly, drop out if Cleary plays, and I reckon Jack Cogger would play bench because they need halfback cover in case Nath goes down. He can also play hooker. That'd be my tip, and as a Sonny Luke owner, that probably could be pretty handy in terms of an AE situation. So anyway, on to the next bit. Best 17 at hooker. It's Harry Grant, but if the roles were flipped and he had the buys that Damien Cook had, I would love to hold Damien Cook. With this week him not playing and another buy coming up, Harry gets a huge leg up there. I do think Harry's going to finish the season really well. So, Spy, you had Damien Cook last week. I did. And you made him into Harry Grant. I turned him into Harry early, yeah. So, Um, I personally, I'm a Cook owner and I think I'm going to have to make that trade this week, but... I haven't owned Harry yet this season, but watching from afar, his scores haven't been exactly through the roof. They were good early, but he's also never gone as poorly as he had this season for a while. Yeah, he's um, he's still playing really good footy, but he's distributing a lot to Munster and Hughes. He's also going to the line a lot and tipping on, which is good in real real rugby league, but for super catch wise, it gives you zero points. Like you'll get out, attract some markers, attract that first receiver and hit short a lot of the time. It doesn't help you at all unless they score. Whereas in previous years, I think he was running a little bit more, which might lead to run points, tackle bus, offloads, these sorts of things. So his real NRL has been outstanding, but super coach wise, just a little bit up and down and his floor is a lot lower this season. In saying all that, <clears throat> pending him getting through Origin 3 tomorrow night, Melbourne are looking for a strong finish to the season. They're going to lock in top four ideally. He's going to be at the forefront of that with Munster. Uh, and I think he's been progressively getting probably better and better over the last month. So very happy to own him, mate. So who's next in your team? <clears throat> next in my side. And we talk about format. That's just one hooker I'll be running with. in my. I- so just a reminder, this is my ideal side. Mm-hmm. I can't get everyone in this. Well, let's have a quick yep. chat about that, Spire, because <laughs> yep. I, I know that for most years playing Supercoach, it's all about really getting the double guns at those spine positions and just locking in those really consistent scores and also getting a bit of a ceiling. But hooker hasn't really felt like that this year, has it? Not really. And if you've got something like a Harry and Cook combo, I like it. Nothing wrong with that, but... With Sonny sitting there, I'm not going to spend up suddenly and use cash and trades to get a second jewel hooker. I'm happy with Harry there. Um, so as I said, I'll go through the 17 here. It's who, I, who I'd ideally have if I had an unlimited bank. But with a lot of players just blowing out in price this year, it seems to be very dramatic. It's becoming harder and harder to get everyone, which surprises me a little because earlier in the season I didn't think that would be the case. But those be the ebbs and flows of Supercoach. Front row, mate. Tino, Fasul Malawi, and Payne Haas. Pair them. If you can pair them, you're cheering. Absolutely, yeah. No argument here. I think the gulf between the best two front rowers and the rest of the class uh, isn't as big as it has been in other years. Um, guys like Joe Tarpany, Tohu Harris, Corey Horsburgh. Um, I like all them, and I've, yeah. I own those three guys. I won't be getting Tino. Yeah. I really wish I could. But unless, I mean, I'll have five or six sort of bonus spare trades, if you will. If we're edging closer to the last month and I've still got those trades, I'll probably find a way to get Tino in. But I can't be using two trades to get Tino and go down to three in my bank. It's just not worth it. Hypothetically, if Payne Haas returns in round 21 and you've got a Joe Tarpany or a Corey Horsburgh there, could you justify spending a trade to upgrade one of them to Payne Haas? I thought about this a lot the last week. I'm unsure, mate. I think the way, like, Corey Horsburgh's going, the way Tarpany's building into his season, probably not. You still want to own Payne Haas ideally, but for say he's going to average an extra, he might only average five or ten more to end the season, those guys. Over about six weeks, he's also got another buy in there, I think, as well. It's, what, 60 points? I mean, you could, and he could go better than that. So happy to own him, but... For me, if I'm sitting there, once I bring in my key guys, we'll discuss, and I've got five trades, I'm probably not going to use one of them on Corey Horsburgh or Payne Haas, put like that. There'll be someone sitting there this week thinking about trading Payne Haas to Tino as well, given that they're missing round 20 
and got the buy in round 25 as well for the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if you could justify the trade as well, just given the price, but it's yeah. interesting. So your team so far, one hooker, two props. Yep. Who have you got in second row? Back row, David Fafida goes mm-hmm. out saying, I think Nicara, absolutely flying for the Sharkies. No more buys coming up, happy to own him. And then I've got a little bit of a shootout between Jermaine Hopgood and Corey Horsburgh in the back row. Wow. He's not just a front row. He's looking unbelievable. Extended minutes now at the Raiders. Wouldn't shock me if he ends up outscoring Hopgood to end the season, but really I think they'll probably be pretty tight. He'd, they'd be my third back row in my ideal 17. So you're just running the three second rows? Yeah, based on my current side, yes. And how much value were you putting in that duel from uh, Horsburgh in that ranking? Look, it, it always helps. It always helps. It means if you've got a front rower up there who's also dual, say your own Tino, for example, and there's an injury, you can flip him straight up for the week, which is magic stuff to have. So I think it helps for sure. Um, and in saying all that, I think Hopgood's an absolute weapon. He'll keep on keeping on. So there's not much in it. Did end up playing a bit of hooker last uh, over that the weekend. Hurts. Hopgood that with uh, Brendan Hands going off and um, run. yeah, reports out today that um, Josh Hodgson uh, still waiting for uh, clearance and potential a, a surgery as well uh, to get better. Um, my second row, I've got the same uh, three names for Fida and, and Nikora. Um, Nikora is a guy <laughs> oh, I would absolutely love to own. I just haven't made it happen so far this year, but. Seems to be basing well and always finding attacking stats, so I think he's a clear number two. Um, Hopgood, I've got number three. I've actually gone four second rowers in my team yep. to cover uh, for only having the one hooker. Uh, and the fourth guy that I've got is actually Keon Koloa Matangi. Now, yeah, nice. he has been a little bit quiet since returning from injury, um, but at the start of the season, his base was incredible and he was finding so many attacking stats. And I think if you look at that South Straw, despite the couple of buyers they've got left, I'm really backing him to uh, find plenty of attacking stats once they get all names back on deck. I think you've got to remember as well at South, it's not just... Latrell and Cody, they've got to come back into that team that played on the weekends. Guys like Jai Arrow as well, who have been injured for so much of the season, I think are really going to help out him. What do you think of Keon? He's a weapon. Uh, whether he'd be my ide- ideal 17, I'm not sure, but he's sort of, and you'll find out the further I go down here, I've probably got a 17th spot open, and it's for a bloke like that, and you can almost pick what position you use that on. Right, we're down a half back, and I feel this might be the quickest conversation of all time. Let me guess. Two-word convo? Heinz, Clittery? Yep. (laughs) That's it. Is there any point at this time in the season mucking around with that position? We've seen some very good scores out of Mitch Moses. We've seen some really acceptable scores out of SJ, and he's made plenty of cash for owners as well at the right time that they brought him in. But realistically, you just got to go for the two guns, don't you? We saw SJ two weeks ago. It was in the wet, but he scored 20 or 19, and that's the fear with him. He's got lower scores in him that I don't think Heinz and Cleary do. They're a real rarity if they do. Um, I don't mind the idea if you own... SJ's got a massive break even. If you can afford the price drop or you're a Mitch Moses owner, I'm not totally against holding them to see how clear he comes back, making sure he goal kicks, making sure the hammy gets through those first two games. But the issue there is Penrith play the Dolphins and the Bulldogs back-to-back potential massacres if they don't front up against a very powerful Penrith side. So if you're going to get Cleary, he just do it now, hey? I mean, Mitch Moses is a little bit different. He's got the Titans. They're probably a little bit more improved than sort of earlier in the season. So the only reason I wouldn't get clear this week, if we think he's going to play, if we find out, is probably to hold Mitchy Moses. But as an SJ owner, I'm not hesitating in moving him on. Down to 5 eighths, and I feel like this has been a debate which has raged all season. Uh, we've got a little bit of clarity over the weekend that Dylan Brown will be back in round 23. But in your final team, how many 5-8s have you got and what are those names? I've got two, mate. One, Cam Munster. Two, Kalen Ponger. Okay. But there's a bit of there's a bit of class in the 5-8 area now that there probably wasn't earlier in the season. Yep. Finally, I know in, in my team as well, I've got Kalen Ponger as a clear number one. Uh, and Cody Walker again. Cody, yeah, love it. The buyers are really starting to hurt. Russian even, Munster. Well, I I think so. It's huge. I think Cody. If you again, if you take out Cody's early season form, I think he's the superior player. Um, he's shown more of a ceiling, and I'm really banking on South finding their attack again. I mean, attack hasn't really been an issue for them, uh, even with their last couple of losses, but. Uh, I, I think that he's I've got him ahead of Munster at the moment as well It's a big call, I don't mind it um, But for me Munster, let's check his run home here 
Roosters struggling a little bit. Newcastle, Para, Penrith games hard. Canberra, St George, Titans. That's Munster for me. Munster over Cody, but in saying that, you could also flip KP to fullback and have Cody and Munster. So there's a few options there in your ideal 17. That's it. Provided Munster backs up from Origin as well, he does have two extra games on Cody. I just, I just love those those Cody matchups personally. I, I think it feels pretty weird that we've glossed over KP so quickly given that it feels like only three weeks ago there were still so many question marks about what he was going to do. But is he getting into must-have territory for 5-8? I think he is. Uh, all the concerns from earlier in the season are still warranted around head knocks and seeing games out, especially with low trades. But I just think you see, you could just watch your season go down the plug hole if you don't get him. If he stays healthy, now he's goal-kicking with that run. There's no reason he can't average 90-plus. I think he'll average around that mark. Health pending. He's on fire. If you want to hear a really good take on KP so far, tune into the weekly rubdown final special. They were talking about Callum Ponga's draw, the ninth draw. It's immaculate. But not only that, you look at his season average of 72, take out the concussion games, add in the goal kicking, which is seemingly picked up and kicked perfectly. Take out concussion goes to 80 straight away. Obviously, if you're buying him, you're banking on him not getting concussed in the first minute. Yep. Uh, so it goes to 80. Adding goal kicks. Add goal kicking goes to 86 to 90. Take out those couple of games at 5-8 where you're still transitioning. In form and against a good side. All of a sudden you're in the 9,500 mark. And a genuine well. captain option every week. Absolutely. Especially with the draw. Yeah, so stay healthy, my boy. Stay healthy. Really looking forward to talking about priority trade-ins as well uh, this week. Later in the show, Spy, we're down to CTW. Now, this is always a place where there's lots of contention Lots of variants in score. How many have you got and what are their names? We've got four. Okay. Valentine Holmes. Yep. Greg Marju and Ruben Garrick. Mm-hmm. They picked themselves. Fourth spot, mate. Wide open. Wide open. Could be a Sarko. Who's he play for? Wide open. <laughs> He's coming in my side next week. Sarko, Manu, Mulatalo, Isaac Tungo, To'o. They're all, all valid options. Pick at your will there. I think... And it probably wasn't noted in team list, but Branko Lee's been named on the extended bench. That's a little bit of worry for Tafade owners if you're short on players this week because Branko could come in. His ball playing to Osako is just that much better. We saw it evidently the last couple of weeks. is a ball runner. He's tried to pass to him twice in open space in the last two games. They've both gone behind him for errors. So that hurts Osako. If Tafade stays in the centres... I think he'd drop out of my number four centre spot for one of those other boys. If Branko comes back in, that's lovely. And I think he then takes the four spots. So There's a bit to unfold there. Um, ramifications all around, mate. Absolutely. Well, you didn't actually make a decision there, Spy. The punters want to know it, mate. So who's your fourth? Who am I taking? I think Branko will come back in and Asako takes four. Yeah, nice. And we've got the same four. And I think it's obvious the rotation policy is the way to go. Uh, but yeah, I just think Azarko, even in a game on the weekend where he just looked so quiet, he still managed to eke out, score in the mid-50s, um, which was just absolutely glorious. The, yeah. the goal kicking, the line breaks, the assists, the offloads, the tackle bus, he's just... He's playing brilliant footy. The other one I really like is, and you'd want him to back up, but Brian Toll. I think Penrith are going to finish hot. Yeah. His work rate's through the roof, as we know. He'd be very nice to own. I've heard him described as a bit of a boring own, uh, just given... His ceiling hasn't been that high this year, but you've got to think Penrith are going to be pretty red hot the way that they played their last game up against the Melbourne Storm. Got a pretty good run over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, the Dolphins this week, Bulldogs next, so he, um, he really could go big. One name that you haven't mentioned in the <coughs> centre wing, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on here, Chansey called Clockstad. Chansey. Guy who started just outside a cheapy range uh, has proven that he's got a really solid base this year. And the Warriors draw to run home. Cronulla this week, Canberra next week, both games at Mount Smart Stadium. After the buy in round 22, listen to this for a run spy and tell me if this piques your interest. Round 23, Gold Coast Titans at Seat Bus Stadium. Round 24, the West Tigers in New Zealand. Round 25, the Manly Warringah Seagulls in New Zealand. Round 26, the St. George Dragons in New Zealand. Round 27, the Dolphins away. Mate, does that change how you feel? Oh, it's utter magic. It's a question one of my mates actually messaged me before and said, can you just ask, talk about Chansey? I'm <laughs> like, sure, mate. Hold for sure. Uh, the concern was around his break, even being 160-odd, but it doesn't oh. matter. Now you own him, you just you ride him through. 
um, that draw is stunning. It's amazing, isn't it? And I think that what's really emerging with that strong Warriors right edge as well um, is that draw looking better by the week, given that a lot of those Lots teams of are so weak on the left edge. Yeah, and a lot of games in New Zealand, that's magic. Yep. Um, I think Shawnee Johnson will go pretty well in those as well, but I, as I said, I just can't not have Cleary. But, yeah, Chansey. Does he make the four spot? My fourth centre and my ideal side? Very close. Very close. That run. I've got him in rotation as well. I snuck yep. in a little reserve into mine, and him yep. and Manu have picked up those spots. But Beautiful. my four, Gary Kazaku, Mazu, and Holmes. Uh, shout out to Des Creek as well. Sold Mazu on the weekend on a whim. On a drunken whim, I believe. Was, after mm. a few blokes. <laughs> hoping that he doesn't come to uh, live that one down. He will. We're almost through the perfect 17 here. Before I give you my fullbacks, Valentine Holmes, there's no way I can get him back. 850k, three-round oh, average of I mean, 100. I physically do not have the capital to do it, so he's gone. Um, if you could afford it this week, would you? If I just had the cash, so I had an extra million dollars, absolutely. Yeah, he's flying. Absolutely flying. Cowboys are flying, so yeah, definitely would. Kicks goals, good floor. <coughs> Cheaper alternative. Murray Taolonghi, as we touched on last week as well. Yeah. Plenty of good buys this week. It's Most ETW. of the guns I sold there in the season have dropped in price for the re- Reintroduction to the side, Val has not. Yes, he's going the other way. 250k, so he's just blown out, unfortunately. So let's get on to your fullback, Spy. I assume you're going to have two of these as well in the team. I do have two, which will give me 16. Mm-hmm. As I said, my seven-eighth is a floater. Uh, one is Mr. Latrell Mitchell. Just need him back, hopefully next week. So we'll see what happens there, but he's my ideal fullback as long as he returns. And... How can you not have Scotty drink water? <laughs> Scotty and Latrell at the back. How good. Frightening stuff. Yeah. Again, remember, unlimited capital here. Unlimited salary cap. I can't afford drinky either. But, yeah, those Cowboys boys have got away from me. I think that Latrell is going to be a very popular trading target when he is fit. I'm personally going to wait a week at least to see how he goes. But when he does return, that draw for the Rabbits starting in round 21. They've got Brisbane away on the sunny coast, then into the West Tigers, Cronulla, that's over in Perth, St George and the Knights. So four dream games for Luttrell. So Check him out against Brisbane, big break even, mm-hmm. and then bring him in. Absolutely. I don't hate getting him against Brisbane either, but I think you know, if, you, if you can afford to wait, it's probably a slightly tougher matchup. Bit of a pod move. So, Spy, that's your 17. So, as we said, one hooker, two props – you got three 2RFs, and it sounds like you're going to be playing rotation in your CTWs. Is that right? That's how it's looking, with two 5.8s, two halves, two fullbacks. Um, I'm just a little bit undecided on my ideal 7.8 for the moment, mate. But I think chasing upside with your 7.8th player, so I would want someone who's going to plug me out of 60, 70. I want guys that can turn up. So, yeah, I'd say that's going to be my fifth centre each week, most weeks, with a good matchup. So looking at your actual team now, how many of these guys in your final 17 are yet to come in? And what does it look like for you over the next couple of weeks with your trade plans? It's pretty simple, mate, because I've got eight trades up the sleeve. I want Cleary back in, I want Fafita back in, and I'll have to downgrade someone to do that. So it gives me five trades. Uh, the value of the, those five trades for me is enormous. So I'm, excuse me, I'm not going to go mad. I'm not going to do anything too rogue there. Hold them like a newborn baby because I think in that last month of footy, they could be so useful, whether it be covering injuries for depth when others get into crisis, whether it's just targeting a couple of late matchups in that last fortnight where you just know it's on and people can't afford to do it because they've run out of trades. Or you could get the double where you get to bring in a 7-8th player if mass injuries hit, get an extra number and get a targeted matchup. I think it's magic. So... Yeah, there's a couple other boys like Tino and Haas. Sure, I'll have a look if they're if they're possible, or Valentine or Drinky or Co. But at the moment, I'm holding on to those five trades, mate. And then with a view to, to if injuries can be semi-kind, I've got pretty reasonable depth. Maybe then you have a downgrade-upgrade situation in three or four weeks' time once you're getting a bit close to the end of the season and bring in one of those guns for the last month. We'll see how it goes. But there's every expectation. Five trades over that period, you're probably going to need them for injuries and, and whatnot. Absolutely. Well, that's our Super 17, and that's what we're talking about in uh, today's strategy chat. Now, 
Over the next 12 months, an estimated 60% of all fixed-rate mortgages are going to expire. Absolute madness, why isn't it? This means that for a lot of you out there, you haven't felt the impacts of the consecutive rate rises that have been dominating all of the media talk lately. Timmy, he had a chat with Pat and George about this in detail. Now, they told him that there was a lot of their clients that still have a rate with a one or two in front of it. The average rate now is around 5%. So what does this mean? Basically, that for a lot of people, their mortgage repayments are about to increase an average by $737 a month. That's a lot of extra money to have to find in your budget. If you hadn't had a look at your fixed rate, or when your fixed rate expires rather, if you're worried about when it does, give the experts at Pat and Georgia a call so they can put you on the best rate possible and keep more money in your pockets to put less stress on your finances. So you'll also save yourself $129 on a free consult because you're an SC Playbook listener. So mention SC Playbook when you get in contact and to do so, flick them a message on Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice or give them a call on 02-9521-1611. Now Spine, on to the hot topics this week and we're going to have a little bit of fun. <coughs> now without doubt, the number one question that we got this week is which gun to target first? So in order to help settle this debate, we're going to play Supercoach Bracketology. Yeah. Are we talking Australian Open here, mate? This is a little bit of NBA playoffs, a little bit of NCAA tournament yep. for the basketball heads. But what we've done is we've grabbed eight <coughs> of the most popular players. Most of these guys are origin players. Most of these guys are absolute guns. In fact, all of them are. And we're going to play a little final system where I'm going to ask you who you're going to progress to the next round and it's going to lead us to ranking the number one target for this week's trade-ins. I'd already got tickets to the final of this. You ripper. How Should be good. good. All, All right, right, mate. Load so me up. Quarterfinal so number one. So the way it works, I'll read you two names and then you're going to tell me who to progress to the next round and who we'll wins. just keep going until we head to Yep, the and final. we're basing it on who I'd want for the rest of the season. I've got to pick one. Absolutely. Not past, nothing to do with the past. It's who I want for the rest of the season. Who to bring in from this week. All right, <laughs> so in the first matchup, we've got Nathan Cleary, Versus Valentine Holmes. Who are you prioritising the trade in? Uh, Cleary, for sure. Fit, healthy. Cleary, back in. He wins. Absolutely. All right. The second With respect to Val, who's a weapon. He's a weapon, all right. The second matchup, we've got... Well, you're going to have to imagine he's fit as well. But we've got Payne Haas yep. versus Big Tino. Now, I'm taking Tino. I think it's just the okay. slightly more fun play. He's got more tries in him. He might just outdo pain in the house. Price doesn't scare you? Well, that's not the game, is it? It's who I want. <laughs> Fair enough. Well played. But oh. yes, obviously, in saying that, I'll be getting, if I needed the front row, I'd get Payne Haas because he's about 200k cheaper, which is craziness. But if you just want the best player, Tino, based on price, Haas goes through. So who wins then? Because that's more realistic. Who, who do you put through? Let's put through Big Tino. Okay. All right. On to matchup number three, two, five, eights. Kalen Ponga Ooh. versus Cameron Munster. I can't believe I'm saying this, but KP. Wow. Just with that draw, goal kicking in his current form, it's a little bit of a risk because Munster is just locked and loaded every year, every game. You love him, but I'm going to go KP. What if KP lost the goal kicking? Would you still take him ahead of Munster? Mm, it's tight. The draw is the big factor for me, mate. Um, just that night's run home is fantastic. I would probably take Munster because I trust his body more to get through those games. That's probably the defining factor. Fair enough. But with goal kicking, that upside goes to KP. All right. Well, let's keep the goal kicking and move through Kalen Ponga. <laughs> the final matchup of the first round... Scotty Drinkwater versus David Fafita. This is like, if you asked two months ago, you'd be like, well, obviously. And you said Fafita's going to score five tonnes in his next five starts. You'd be like, well, of course, Fafita. Now, I think it still probably is Fafita, but I tell you what, the way Drinky is going, his upside's enormous. But I think hard for Fafita not to go through on the back of what five tonnes in five starts. So, unfortunately, what a quarterfinal, by the way. That is like, <laughs> if you've got tickets to this one, You've done well. How good. David, David Fafita goes through. All right, on to the second round. We've got Nathan Cleary versus Big Tino. Great battle. Cleary upside wins that one. Through to the semis he goes. Love that. KP, oh, through to the final, sorry. Through to the final he is, in fact. KP versus David Fafita. Ooh, what a battle. <laughs> well, I just said, I think, based on 
numbers. KP is going to average around the 95 mark. Health staying with him. I think Fafita might be about 90, so it's got to be KP. Big call. Again, if I'm taking, if I had to lock one in, I'd probably take Fafita just due to that trust around the body and playing games. But if we're just going on output here, I'm going to, and we're assuming the boys are healthy, Ponga gets it. Very Hit big that draw. Fafita's so far ahead of oh. his next contender in the second row, though. <laughs> Spy, you sure? I'm not sure, clearly. It's tight as, <laughs> as, but there's not many great fullbacks either at the moment, five-eighths. Especially fullbacks. It's a bit of an open area, so... Yeah, maybe this should have been the final. Oh, but we got Ang Cleary up the top there. That's it's it. A great tournament. Hard to leave out. Okay, so I guess we move into the grand final and Nathan Cleary versus Kalen Ponga. Priority trading targets. Who is the number one this week's buy? This is huge. Nathan back from a hamstring. Ponga firing, incredible draw. Average 90 plus. Will Cleary average 90 plus? Probably. Um, can you read me the Penrith run? Do you have it there? This is going to decide it for me. I know the next two weeks are phenomenal. Let's Panthers, pull it up. Yeah, of course. Yep. Dolphins away. The Bulldogs at home. Yep. Magic, magic. Cronulla at home. Pretty good. Melbourne at home. Round 23. Not, not great. Head-to-head finals kicking off that week. Manly away. Yep. Titans away. Good. Parramatta at home. And North Queensland at home. Yeah. You know what? I just said I'm not bringing the past into it, but at a certain point you have to go with pedigree and excellence. Nathan Cleary's been the, the best of best of the lot, I think, for a while now. Got to give him the title. Where are we? Back in, number one. Uh, the beauty this week is, in real terms, you can get KP and get Cleary next week. So that's beautiful, but if you had to choose one for the rest of the season, I'd go Nath. Wow, huge. Giving up Kalen Ponga versus the West Tigers this week as well. In that, which is another huge factor. So much to think through this week, but that's been Super Coach Bracketology. Good stuff, Max. What as a game. I have, what a game. Wow. Okay, so looking at the most traded in targets as well, and it looks like it must be early July because people's tax returns are coming. Just quickly, sorry to cut you off. This is assuming Cleary goal kicks. As I said, oh, this is my healthy because <laughs> if he doesn't goal kick, Ponga <laughs> gets it. But kicking we, Cleary, I take him. Sounds like we're going to see you out there at. Panthers training with the binoculars, uh, trying to find out this information, mate. The good news is I won't need to because someone else will be. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Sorry, carry on. No, man, I was going to say, having a look at the most traded in players this week, really seems, you can tell, it's uh, early July, mate, and a few tax returns are coming. People have got plenty of cash. cash to splash. I'll have to get mine in. Absolute gun show. Number one most traded in player, David Fafita. Coaches are speaking with their feet. 12% have brought him in. Nathan Cleary, number two. Kalen Ponga, number three. Cameron Munster, number four. Handful of cheapies in here. And Tyrone Munro, gee, wasn't he impressive? Phenomenal downgrade. Wow. Team. Really good option. Although, what a gun. do you have to wait a week to see if he's still going to be in that team? He'll but be in the side. Regardless, at that price. He has to be. Good performer, good, good run. Good player. Blake Wilson as well down there in number eight. Plenty of, people have still got plenty of cash in there, but they're bringing in Scott Drinkwater and Greg Marzu. Yeah. I think, Spy, this might be the first week that you can look at this list and really say there aren't any shocks here. Yeah, no, it's pretty – there's some, some class in there, isn't there? Absolutely. And the most traded out, I don't think there's any real surprises in here. Jacob Preston, been a hell of a cheapie. I'd say most people will be flipping him to David Fafita. Yeah. He's made $349,000 this season, Jacob Preston. Done an excellent job for coaches. Jareem Buller, he's also done a good job, made 346000 He's all the way down at 547000 Okay, it's dollars this uh, at the moment, though, Spy. Mm. Lost my brain there for a moment, That's mate. Right, did mate. you sell him last week? I did, thankfully. I thought he actually played pretty well and looked pretty good and dangerous. Thursday night versus the Sharkies, but couldn't quite get going there and lost yeah, another 100k, which is a dagger. So what do I do now? <clears throat> Given the dearth of fullbacks, Tigers have not a bad few weeks coming up. What's his break even, I wonder? I'll have to check. But oh, there's a temptation there to ride him for the season now and see if he can get back to a couple of tonnes. But I can understand the sell. 550 is still a reasonable amount of cash to use. Um, but yeah, just frustrating for those who have lost 200k in a couple of weeks. But there's no, no harm in jumping off now and just, just copying your loss. 128 is his break-even. Still a lot. Certainly be helped by having Appy Coruscant back at the Tigers, but 
even though they've got the good run, I, I still think <coughs> without the halves at the moment, it's just going to be a really tough slog for them to try and uh, get over the line. Yeah, I think he'll be reasonable. I think he'll do a, a solid job for the rest of the season. Maybe he can average in the, the 55, 60 mark, but that's not going to cut it, is it, for the run home? If you've got the cash, he's got to find someone with upside. South Sydney Rabbits, the buy this week. Also another buy coming up in round 26 and plenty of them on the chopping block. Damien Cook, the third most sold. Cody Walker, the fifth most sold. And AJ's led cash, unfortunately, for owners in the last couple of rounds. On number six on the sell list, 515,000. Spike, I know that there'll be a lot of people out there who've been running an, uh, a hooking partnership of Damien Cook and Sonny Luke. Seems like a pretty obvious sell to get around moving to Harry Grant, but the others on that list, Cody Walker and AJ, what are your thoughts on that and them as sells? Cody's interesting. Got a pretty good run home, the, show, uh, the bunnies. If you're short, though, and what I'm imagining is a lot of people are probably going Cody to Callum Ponga, in which case I get it and I approve of it. If it's to anyone else, <clears throat> i just consider why you're doing it. I think he's going to have a pretty strong end of the season, like you alluded to earlier. Uh, but yeah, if it's to Ponga, that's your avenue to Ponga. I like it. Otherwise, not so sure. Alex Johnson, I've tinkered with the idea of maybe moving him on. I think you can still pick him in the matchups that you like for the rest of the season, especially when Cody and Latrell are back. <clears throat> that's going to be lovely for him. So at that price, pretty handy sort of fifth, sixth centre there. Play him as you need. The only reason I'll be selling him is if you're going down to Munro. On the other edge at 200k, frees up $300,000 and then you can get in your feeder Kaliri types. If that's your reasoning, I'm okay with it. Guys, the SC Playbook podcast has partnered with Better for the 2023 NRL season. Make sure you follow the SC Playbook socials throughout the season for the weekly NRL fantasy markets. Remember, what's Gambly really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit Gambling Helpline online. .org.au. Spy, over the round 20 trade and skipper plans. Let's start with skipper. We know that most coaches are going to be pretty tight on numbers this week. Really genuine chance of using the VC loophole, mate. So what are your plans this week? Well, that's one good thing about having a must-have auto emergency come in, being short in the front row there. Gives me a free VC loophole option. So I'll be VC, Kalen Ponga. What's that? Thursday night, no. First game of the round, Friday yeah, night. Friday night, because it's Origin Week. So, easy VC on him. If he goes bananas, I'll simply just lock him in with a free double loop. If Sean Kepi then plays off the bench, to be honest, I probably just wouldn't put him in. He might only score me 30-odd or 20 or 30. I'd just leave him as my AE and see which take it from there. If Kalen was to come out and get 40 or 50 and Kepi was to play, for example... I would then play Sean Kepi, and then I wouldn't have to worry about an AE pending, obviously, origin backups and the like. And I'd probably go straight to Nico Hines' skipper. <coughs> um, still have with Nico. They've got the Warriors. hope Sean plays purely from, from the game viewpoint. It's going to be a cracker. Cracker. Yeah, it's going to take a lot away from it if he doesn't play. Good test for the Sharkies. Good test for the Warriors. Let's really hope, not even from Supercoach-wise, that Shawnee plays that one because... Can't wait to see what unfolds, mate. But yeah, Nick Ahans will be my skipper. I don't love any other options probably this week. There's all solid options, but that's where I'd go. Now, my VC will also be Kalen Ponga, but I'll give you a pretty rock-solid option for skipper, but there's going to be a lot riding on this, obviously. Nathan Cleary. Yeah, uh, problem is... Well, actually... If I do run the, the AA... Oh, you know what? Because if I've got him in as a starting halfback... And you're taking an AE elsewhere because you're short a front rower and Nathan doesn't play. Not only will you lose out him as, him as skipper, but you get a zero added to your total. You can't get two AEs. Mm -hmm. That's my massive concern. But yeah, if, you, if we know by 24 hours earlier, said that four o'clock that he's in for sure, yeah, I, I love it as an option. I just, if he hurts himself again or if he doesn't goal kick. I really like it, but Nico Hines is averaging 102. It's not, it's not <laughs> like you have to go with your other halfback who's a struggler. So, yeah, I think I came in today thinking I woke up with Clear as my captain. With him not even named, I think it throws a lot of question marks. 
I guess the good thing for coaches is that the Sharks play the game before <coughs> the Penrith Panthers, so at least you're not likely to get stuck if you're going for a Cleary C uh, with, with Nico in your reserves and copping potentially a double <coughs> AE, given how many people are going to have a hole at front row this week. What you'll find, though, is gets to 2 o'clock Sunday, so we still don't know if Nathan's in. We should know for the 24-hour cuts, well, sure. maybe. In Jersey 24, though, he'd have to be like... Yeah, but they might hold him on that two-man extended bench pending a decision. So I agree. I think if he's still in by that point, you'd expect him to play. But two o'clock Sunday, Sharks start, and we still don't have final teams. You're not absolutely sure, eh? but hopefully we get word out that Nath is in or out either way. But it's a good little punt. It's a great punt. It's a little bit like when Nico Hines played the last game of the round mm. in about round three or four. Yep. And I, and I was yep. all about bringing him in and captaining him. Then I got a bit of doubt with some chat. Didn't do it. And he scored 190, so it could be similar. A bit of that doubt came from uh, someone that sits at this desk pretty regularly. Uh, a bloke in Europe at the moment, I think. Uh, it could be another bloke who's not in Europe. Speaks to him on a Wednesday normally. But anyway, that's all right. <laughs> I guess as well, in terms of skipper options, that Eels versus Titans game really could be anything. Uh, David Fafida, uh, so many tons in a row. And, and Clint Gutherson as well. With We know how weak that Titans right edge is. So him throwing balls to Sevo all day could be a really, really juicy one. I'm not sure I mentioned in my 7A, but he could easily be the 7th player on your side, although he's just fullbacks. So I already had two fullbacks in my deal lineup, but Gutho, he's flying. I've got Gutho and Drink as my fullbacks, mate, for what it's worth. Nice, nice. You should have told us that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the listener questions to wrap up the SE Playbook podcast for round 20. First question comes in from Facebook. Linz Dixon asks us, what team is the best run home and what players should we be targeting? Now, Linz, we covered this in a little bit of detail last week. Uh, so I'm always happy to talk about the draw. For me, Spy, I've picked three teams that I love the look of, and they are the Knights, the Warriors, and the Cowboys. Firstly, have you got any arguments with that? And secondly, who are the players from those teams that you like? Mate, full faith in who you said there. I haven't really prepared for this question at all. So <laughs> <laughs> who have we got? Newcastle? Newcastle, the Warriors, and the Cowboys. Yeah, so Ponga, Mazu, probably the big two there. Yep. Warriors, SJ, Chans. Torhu's not really affected by the draw, although he's with his ball playing, mm-hmm. that opens up try scoring opportunities, so that helps a little bit. Um, who's the third side? The Cows. The cows. Valentine, Drinky. Um, Nanai. I think Nanai's a huge one. Semi Valame, good value option. Yeah, I can't remember who on what pod I mentioned, but with just Nanai, his work rate's gone through the roof compared to what it was earlier in the year and last season. So even if he doesn't score now, you know he's every chance of scoring well. He could be a sneaky little pod for the run home. Um, Great price, low break even. He's, he's certainly on a lot of lists uh, yeah. this week for a lot of people. But the Cowboys, good to get a piece there if you can. Robson, um, might take your pick a little bit there. Another little sneaky couple of CTWs I mentioned just at the Knights. Dane Gagai is having a superb season do worry a little bit if Kalen's going to take the ball more toward Bradman's best edge. Uh, and as well, Warriors DWZ, I reckon getting on him in round 23. Dallin, that back Warriors on, draw. reduced price. Hey, big break even yeah, coming like up, got well. a couple about, of games. What about Bradman Best? Bradman as Best. Well. Oh, just like to, let's see how he goes on Wednesday first. Uh, all the attacks are running through him now outside Kalen. I think you go all right tomorrow night. Yeah. The Blues, I'm, I'm frustrated he probably got in over... S- Guys who have played consistently over a couple of years, but I can understand the appeal. And I actually think, despite me would have even thought about selecting him, I do think he'll do a pretty reasonable job. I think he's probably suited to the arena. Hard runner, uh, rips in. I think he'll go okay. It's the shin tat for me. Uh, next question, Matty West. Now, I'm just going to get this one as quickly as possible. Nathan Cleary, jump now or wait? Oh, pending further info, but jump. Yep. I'm looking to jump. Keen as. Mike Roke asks, would you trade Manu for Targo? Now, Isaac Targo, we spoke about him last week. Uh, not only is he coming off a really solid score in his last matchup with a couple of tries, 118, but runs at the Dolphins this week. The Bulldogs next. They're giving up a lot of scores to left centres, particularly if he's running at Valdefari this week. I really like him. 660k. Don't know if I've got the trades in hand, but would you trade Manu for Targo? So I had like... 13, 14 trades, and you got one up your sleeve. I like it as a little pod play. For anyone else, though, in a remotely similar boat to myself, it's got to be pretty sideways considering the value, I think, of those trades late in the season. But, yeah, as a two-week play, it's good. 
Manu, I looked at potentially dropping Manu. I can go Manu straight for feeder this week if I want, but... Man, what if Teddy doesn't back up? He then plays fullback. If Teddy misses any more games, he's back to fullback and he just locks in a ton nearly by default. So it's it's a scary time not to own Manu in that sense. Yeah, actually, But his value's pretty good coming off three big scores. His value's good. I actually think the draw is actually quite good as well for the Roosters. Melbourne not ideal this week. They've got the Titans in round 21, Brisbane, and then their run home is pretty elite. They've got Manly, the Dolphins, Parramatta, the West Tigers in round 26. So I feel like the last Manu we saw was a bit more of the Manu of old. So... Mike, I'm going to say hold because I think Manu is actually going to be on the verge of a top four centre wing for the yeah, run home. Yeah, he's definitely person. in that discussion, isn't he? And any games at fullback further trump that up. Brad Wedgwell asked, the best centre wings to target for the run home. Now, we had a chat through our favourite four. Before, we all landed on Garrick, Holmes, Mazu and Izako. Gun to your head, you made that decision, Spy, Yeah. memory. Anyone else out there, mate? Any other names you like to sound of? There's my list here. We had, yeah, for sure. Obviously, Manu, Mulitalo, although last week, oh, <laughs> wow. Less said about uh, that, the better. Tigers have done that to a couple <laughs> sides randomly this year, haven't they? Yeah, Just it was randomly. Shut down wingers, yeah. Um, Isaac Tungo, Brian Toto, as I said, huge. Haven't had a massive look through. That's already eight centres. Could be a couple more in there. You could have a sneaky look at that, but they're the, they're the key eight for me. Insider, and this is a question I think is very relatable to a lot of people this week. Down a front row forward, I know I've got Tarpany, Corey Horsburgh, uh, sitting up there with Tohu at the moment. Two of those guys are going to be sitting out. Is it better to take an AE or bring in a front row forward if you can't afford a genuine keeper? And I guess with that discussion as well, Spy, there aren't that many genuine keepers at front row forward who are actually playing this week. Yeah, I'm in this exact boat. I think I'm just going to take an AE. Gives you a free loop. AA is not ideal, but it's a bit of a crazy round, to be honest. I think just the way it's all fallen. So I'm happy enough to take an AE, get that free shot at the loop, and go from there. I know Clem Cassidy brought in uh, big AFB on the uh, weekend. He was a little bit disappointed with his output as well. He's been in the conversation as a keeper for uh, parts of this season, but has two lower scores, which she is a might shame. have broken him. <laughs> well, she got official word from Clementine that she's in crisis stations because she said she was going to knock me up this year. So I've just been slowly coming up and I'm within about 25 points. So uh, enjoy the weekend, Clementine, and um, see you when I'm going past you. had this question last week, but I'll ask it again. From This one's from Sam Armstrong this time. Is Azarko a sell, given that VTW has been named? <clears throat> yeah, I think he potentially is. I mean, I'm just going to hold. And let him go. But if you if you just don't know what to do to free up required cash, you could end up a sell. But again, the problem there is you want him back. If Branko comes back in, yep. straight away that ball playing on that edge becomes improved. Line breaks come, more tries. So no, I don't think he is. But there is a world in where if Tafane keeps that spot, which he could, um, that you'll see him go solidly to finish the year. Maybe around that sixty average, but maybe. Maybe it could prove a prudent sell and just get that done. Draw from round 22, the Bulldogs, the Knights, the Roosters, the Tigers, the Cowboys, the Warriors. It's a really, really juicy there, draw. But there's still three, uh, three out of those six games I don't love. Um, again, honestly, it's all about who's on his inside and how the Dolphins finish the season. Love Branko to come back for his, just for his sake. I think for my team's sake as well. Yeah, he's only <laughs> he's about 50% owned in the top say 10% are so there's still a fair few that don't. Let's get Branko back. And final Bring question. Tafari next year. He's, oh, only, he's only young. I think so too. So the final question this week from Josh Westwood. Is AJ worth trading out? Now the coaches have already done their answer to this question. Uh, one of the most traded out this week. Would you be selling if you were an owner? I am an owner and nah. I'm just, as I said, said before, I'm going to hold as a sort of fifth, sixth centre there. Play him as I need. Um, I think I mentioned before, if you desperately need the cash, no one else to drop, him to Munro, don't mind as an option. Free up 300k. Well, that's it for the SC Playbook podcast in round 20. Thank you for tuning in, Spy Man, just the two of us today. It's been quite intimate, man, and I've very much enjoyed it. Thanks for the company. Some would say, mate. It's been good. Um, is the big fella back next week? I think he is. He is. We'll have to get you in sitting next to me, mate, and he can run the show and we'll have a yarn. That's it, mate. Yarn, yeah. couple of beers. Don't mind. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, take over the hosting duties from Tim for the last two weeks. Back to regular proceedings, though, from next week for round 21. But 
Uh, shout out to the Abernathy Cup, my draft league. Shout out to the Salary Sombrero. And shout out to you, the listeners, for making it all the way through to this part of the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And good luck this week in Supercoach. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.